Lazy Gardener Podcast. Welcome to the Lazy Gardener Podcast. Rob Foster's with me once again, and we're talking March. So, hello, Rob. Hello, Ian. That's right. We're talking March, Mad March. Matters of what's it? Matters of March here. But March is a nice month. We're starting to get a little bit warmer. The soil's getting a little bit warmer. So, what you need to do when you're planting or you're organising your borders, leave some room at the at, your, at the edge of your borders to so sowing some annual herbs, such as uh, chevrolet, dill, coriander. They can all be sown now. Also, sow some basil, because tomatoes without basil is like strawberries without cream. But because they are half-harder, they will need to be started under glass for planting out later. You can't pull them out straight out. They need to be under glass to get them, get, get them away. But they are really, really worth growing, because they're absolutely blending beautiful with tomatoes. So, Rob, give us some herby tips then. Well, this is a good one, and I, I, I many times do this. If you have cracks in your concrete drive or gaps in your paving slabs, a great tip is to sow some common garden thyme in all the cracks. The herb is low-growing and very aromatic, so when it has grown and you walk over it or move it as you walk past it, you will be overwhelmed with this beautiful, lingering aroma. It's absolutely beautiful. And of course, March, surely the sowing season is now well and truly upon us. Well, late March is often the first opportunity around this area to sow a range of vegetable seeds in the ground. But always hold back a few weeks. Better to sow a little later than risk losing them in bad weather. Don't forget, plants have a knack of catching up. And remember what I have said in previous podcasts. The instructions on the back of a seed packet are a guide and a guide only. Broad beans can be sown now. You put them in the ground, they're pretty hardy. So if you've not already done so, you can sow them peas, parsnips and carrots. So you can get them in the ground, but broad beans, you can still pot, you can still sow them in little pots if you want to get a head start with them. Now, when you plant shallots or onion sets, don't shove them into the ground, because that's why they come out again. You go two days later on the allotment or somewhere else, and you'll find out they're on top of the soil. That's what's happening. You shoved them in, you've made the soil firm underneath, bit of movement from the roots, and they pop out. So, always dig a little hole, never use a dibber. A dibber should not be allowed on a garden. They ought to be outlawed throughout the land. So, dig a little hole, put your shallot in, just cover it back over again so the tip's showing. You can also put early potatoes in now if the weather's still holding pretty good. So, you'll be able to get those in, you know, as, as and when you can. Protecting new spring shoots from slugs, that's a pain, that well, is. Yeah, come on, because these slugs are around all, all the time, aren't they? There's little tiny ones that are, are yeah. no bigger than an inch in my garden that are all over everything. That's a netted slug. They're, they're terrible, they are. But don't don't forget, it's not all slugs that's bad. Some, they just feed on debris and decaying, decaying plants, so they do some good. But so so what, what's the well? I guess that really you've got to try and get rid of his, the slugs though, because he, you can't like go, oh, that slug's a good slug and this slug's that, a bad slug. It's that's, tricky. That's right. Yeah, it's a bit like uh, chucking a grenade in a room and hoping it kills all your enemies and not your friends. You can't do it. You know what I mean? It's going to do a lot. So. Uh, a couple of ways of doing it. You can use a hollowed-out grapefruit skin, cut it in half, hollow it out, and place it upside down on the garden, and slugs will go underneath it. You've got them trapped then, they can dispose of them as and how you like. If you prefer slug pellets, then try using those based on ferric phosphate. They're more environmentally friendly you know, than the methaldehyde-based ones. The methaldehyde-based ones are those that do the damage. If your pets eat them or your kids eat them, they are poisonous. They will make them 
at the best give them a very upset stomach. Sometimes they have sort of like a pet friendly on the side of them, don't they? Yeah, so that's a ferric phosphate ones, and they are they look same as the ordinary the you know, the slugs what you buy with some methaldehyde base. They're still blue, because blue is a they are coloured blue for a reason that in in nature it's a warning that they are poisonous so birds and that will miss them and not normally touch them, that's why they are blue you can also use aluminium sulphate powder that is uh, environmentally friendly so there are a couple of choices you've got that you can still use I mean I still prefer the, the, the bear traps, they are pretty good it seems a bit of a waste um, on slugs beer, but there you go. That's my, that's my opinion. Yeah, well, it's not forced beer. It can be, uh, you know, some sweet drink as well. What about some colour in the garden in March? Yeah, it's very important. You know, we start getting some colour in now. The crocuses and all the tulips have all done the job, or they're still doing the job to a great extent. So plant some flowering bulbs, such as alliums, agapanthus and cannas. And now, because now there's a, the soil is warming up and they will get away to a terrific start. The ideal soil temperature is 13 degrees centigrade. Any colder, and bulbs will, you know, they're not good, they'll sit there and soak, and then they'll rot away. So try to plant bulbs directly after you purchase them, get them in the ground, but if it's still cold and frosty, anything like that, just delay, just hang on to them a little bit longer. Bulbs, if you sort any bulbs over the winter period, they should be planted at the end of their dormant season. So make sure they're dormant before you plant them. A lot of plants are grown in containers, so these will need little maintenance now by topping them up with fresh compost. So just to summarise on that, get your summer flowering bulbs in. They need a temperature really of 13 degrees Celsius in the soil, which should be about right at this time, uh, this time of year. What about lawn maintenance in March? Yeah, now, we, we, I've said before many times, the days have gone when years ago we used to clean the mowers and put them away for winter. That is no longer applicable now because with the milder weathers or the milder winters, the grass can grow any time, you know, through the winter months. So mow the lawn on dry days if it is needed. Turf can still be laid provided the soil is not too wet or frozen. And when you're laying it, work from planks. So you put your planks on the on the grass, the, the lawn you've laid, and the, what you're doing, you're firming it down, but you aren't walking on it with, with your boots, making indentations. And you're not also you're not compacting the soil. So you never walk on newly laid turf and leave it undisturbed for several weeks to allow the new roots to establish. Once it gets old, They'll weigh like lightning, so just give it a chance to establish itself before you start jumping all over it. Newly turfed areas can be mown with the blade set to the highest setting as soon as the grass reaches uh, five centimetres, which is about two inches in height. So always start mowing when it needs it. Don't let it get out of hand, otherwise you can do more damage. Mow established lawns if the weather is mild enough, as I said, and the grass shows signs or growth. Then start cutting. The first cut of the season should be light, raising the blades 5.5 centimetres, that's quarter of an inch, higher than the usual cutting height. Never go in and take two or three inches off it. That will do more harm than good. And where lawns are to be grown from seed, now's the time to prepare the ground for sowing by cultivating it, levelling it, firming it, getting all the weeds out. Doing this now will allow the soil to settle prior to sowing later in the month or in possibly in April. In late March, from the end of this month onwards, 
Apply a high nitrogen spring summer lawn fertiliser to encourage good, strong growth to help the lawn recover after the winter. It's this high nitrogen they want. And if you ask for a spring summer uh, fertiliser, it will be high nitrogen. You can also, that's very important, what makes the lawn look nice is straight edges. So straighten the lawn edges using a half moon turf iron and a board. So stand on the board and then just trim it with this half moon iron. It's weird that because it's kind of I could just sort of like see you like with an ironing board there just uh, yeah. iron, ironing out your grass. Well, it's funny that is it. And they all, I mean, when you cut turf with the old uh, spade, they're proper. They're a proper turfing iron for cutting grass, cutting the lawn up. You know, to get for, for relaying somewhere else, and that were called a turf iron. Then anything with grass is called an iron for some reason. And I don't know the answer to that one. But the half moon iron, it's just yeah, I've seen them before. Just like a spade, but then it's got this half-moon piece of metal and they cut a straight line, whereas a spade is curved and will not cut a straight line, although I have managed with them in the past. Now, if you want to do a nice curve, there's a couple of ways you can do it. Well, a couple of ways I used to do it is use a hose pipe, mark your curve out with your hose pipe, then follow it around with your half-moon edging iron and cut it to that to your, to your hose pipe or you can do it with sand run sand round into the pattern you want and follow that round cutting it with your turfing iron again So what about problems with lawns because there are lots of problems with lawns Oh there is it's, it's unbelievable I mean for the sporting industry it's a multi-million dollar industry when we talk about friends and foes, there's no such thing really as a friend or a foe in the garden when we're talking about pests. It's a matter of what good they do. Do they do more good than more bad or more bad than more good? Because worms, for example, as we all know, are a gardener's best friend. But you mention a worm to a greenkeeper and it will jump up and down pulling his ear out because you get worm casts. And if you've got worm casts on your lawn, get a hard brush such as a besom broom. You know, we all know what they are, like the witch's broom, typical witch's broom. And once, and once they've dry, get a good brush in. This can sometimes leave bare patches, but they can be re-sown with fresh seed at the end of the month because it's getting a little bit milder then, so they will be fine uh, sowing that seed. But so, so, so a worm cast is basically the, the little yeah. bit of... Um, yeah, the little squiggly bits, yeah. Squiggly bits that come out when the worm comes out the top and then comes... Yeah. It, that, is it basically soil? That is so, but it's passed through the worm's gut. Right. And it's absolutely, there's only minute little bits, but if you pick it all up, it's the finest nutrient-feeding fertiliser there is. Right. It's been right through the, the worm's gut, and it comes out, and it's absolutely perfect. And Darwin said that worms are the intestines of the earth. Now, you're talking about moles now, molehills. Now, these can be the bane of people's lives. Oh, dear, I get more questions about moles, but... Uh, you, you can still get the mole catcher. They're still actually active and, and they're quite uh, easy to get hold of. That's a one way of, good, of doing it, and it's a good way of doing it. But the only other way is, for, is to trap them. That's the most effective way to deal with the problem. I know it don't sound nice, but you can use a trap that actually uh, catches them alive. So you aren't, you aren't actually killing it. Yeah, but what do you do with them after you've caught them? Well, this is a problem because I'm sure in law you are not allowed to release a wild animal. So I don't know where the law... Because they do sell these traps, and I think the law needs checking on that because if you catch a wild animal, which which you probably can do legally, but you are not allowed to release it in, in back into the wild. So you have to keep it as a pet? You've got a mole as yeah, a pet? Yeah, you got a mole as a pet. Never had that. Yeah, that'd be a good idea, mole as a pet. <laughs> what right. about um, this mold that's knocking about? 
Yeah, now mould, fusarium patch or snow mould it's commonly called, and algae, this can be a, a yearly problem on a lot of lawns. And the best way of tackling these is to improve airflow and light over the lawn. Because normally, if you check it, you'll have it in a, cold, in a corner where there's high fences, there's very little airflow, and there's very little light. Or there's overhanging shrubs. Now, this will cause all sorts of problems. You'll get algae at any time of the year if you've not got light going to it. And then snow mould is a lot more pernicious. So just increase the airflow and increase the light by cutting shrubs back if need be. Now, while we're about cutting things back, your famous dogwoods, or cornice, and your willows, which is salix. Now, you know your dogwoods, it's a red stems. That's what they're grown for, just for red stems, because they're absolutely beautiful. They're grown for colour, in, just for the stems. They need cutting right back this month. And also, because, the weather, as I've mentioned already, the soil is warming up and the weather's getting a little bit warmer, weeds are coming back to growth with real vengeance. So deal with them before they get out of hand. And start feeding fish and using the pond fountain. And you can remove any pond eaters at this time of the year. But the fish will need feed, feeding because it's becoming more active. But I normally don't get too deep into this because people that keep fish are normally experts and know what they're doing. Well, yeah, you're not really a, a fish expert. No, I've had them. I think they're absolutely beautiful, but I, I've never sort of had the time and inclination to look after them like they should be looked after. That's why I don't have them. So these are just like little tips during March. So you've got another one, greenhouses. Yeah, now, I've mentioned this before, and I'll probably mention this again, that air circulation in a greenhouse or conservatory is very, very important. People seem to think you shut it up and heat it up, and that's it. But once you get condensation on the inside of it, you're asking for problems. So always vent- ventilation is just as important as the heat. So on warm days, get the windows open. And to give you some idea of, of how important it is, on the professional greenhouses, they have 30 air changes per hour. So the air is completely changed 30 times per hour. That is a pretty impressive statistic, that is. What yeah. about planting some stuff then? Yeah, sweet peas, they can be sown outside now. They can pl- and, uh, place any autumn sown sweet peas in a sunny position because if they're if the, uh, pl- going on in pots, they can be placed outside in a sunny position or perhaps on a high shelf in the greenhouse if you want to harden them off a little bit. So summer bedding plants in a heated propagator or under glass so you can start your marigolds off and all that sort of thing in, uh, in a heated uh, propagator or under, I would recommend better under glass. And you don't need a lot of heat. If you're going to put a bit of heat on, a little paraffin heater will be fine just to keep the worst of the frost off. An early spring is an ideal time to plant herbaceous perennials including geranium, astrantia and oriental poppies. And don't forget to plant summer bulbs because we're still, we think we've, you know, we've planted tulips and that, we've, we've done with them. But there's a lot of summer flowering bulbs. Prepare the soil first to ensure that drainage is sufficient to prevent the wool from rotting. That's very important with a lot of bulbs. If it's a thick clay and you make a hole, or use, we're still using a dibber, they they'll get poor drainage and they'll rot. So get the tubers particularly in well-drained soils, or dig it up, put a little bit of grit at the bottom if necessary, just to get free draining. Cut flowers, they are absolutely beautiful, cut flowers, so don't forget to plant these out, 
or, or perennials such as delphiniums and annuals. They can be grown to produce a useful and a beautiful display for cut flowers. And don't forget, when you take your cut flowers inside, always cut the end off so you open up those tubes inside because as soon as you cut them for, from the garden, they'll start closing up. Cut them, put them straight in water. And then if you need, if you want to, again, keep them nice and fresh, half an aspirin in, the, in your vase or a little bit of something like... Uh, Gin? Uh, Coca-Cola, that's oh, what I'm I was going to say gin. Yeah. <laughs> Do no, the flowers not like gin? No, I love them. <laughs> now then, yes, it, it, this is not a joke and it's very, very serious. And I know it's a butt of a lot of jokes when I, when I say this, but in America, they do actually use, on plants, and they use quite a lot of them, they use a lot of Viagra on plants because it's a good growth and I know there's all lot got the taste of it but they are a growth stimulator and they really get them, get them off to a fabulous start so let's move on to general maintenance <laughs> in March very quickly yes cutting uh, now continue to deadhead now it's very important that you keep deadheading winter flowering pansies and other winter bedding plants Pansies will still go on. They will, now the sun's coming out a little bit more, they will flower more than they did in the winter. They do need a bit of sun to flower. And you'll get a good display from them, so keep deadheading them, and they'll probably flower into the early summer. So if you look after them, they'll give you a still... Well, they'll still give you a fantastic fantastic display. Deadhead the flowers of Narcissus. They're just daffodils with a shorter trumpet as they fade off, but, but allow the foliage to die down naturally. Herbaceous perennials infested with gooch grass and other perennial weeds. The only way to cure that is to lift them up so the roots of the weeds can be removed. Improve the soil by digging it, or digging in plenty of organic matter before replanting. And clear up weeded beds before mulching. Lighter soils can be mulched now, but heavier soils are best left until March, when the soil is a bit warmer. Mulching with a deep layer of organic matter helps to condition the soil, suppress weeds and insulate plant roots from temperature fluctuations and conserve soil moisture during the summer. Now, with mulching, you've got to be, bear in mind that all the, all the pundits say give your garden a good mulching to conserve moisture. It, it will not do that scientifically. The biggest loss of moisture from a plant is through the leaves, and no amount of motion will, will cure that problem. So motion, it does do some good, but don't think it's going to stop the, the soil from dehydrating, because it will not do it. Water goes down, and very little, if any, will rise up. So, as I say, all the, all the water is, is, is lost through the leaves. You can improve the drainage on every soil by working in lots of organic matter, and that will help a lot. Now, check whether containers need watering. I've mentioned a little bit about containers, but even at this time of the year, they can dry out. Pots that are sheltered by eaves or balconies can miss out on any rainfall. And if any doubt, check the compost at about a hand's depth to see if it feels dry. Aim to keep pots moist, not wet, and don't let them dry out. And pots and tools benefit from topping up with fresh John Innes compost. Old compost can be removed and replaced with new if there's not much room for topping it up. And don't forget your borders now, everything's springing into growth. So put this uh, general fertiliser down, such as Grow More, which is a 777, a balanced fertiliser. And if the weather is mild, you should remove winter coverings or fleece, straw or polythene or anything else you put around your plants to prevent new shoots being damaged. And we're talking about your cordial lines and things like that. In cold areas, you are best waited, you know, wait until the risk of frost has passed and that applies to us here in Mansfield area and as I say I would leave it a little longer because although we don't do too bad it can be classed as a cold area 
really, that's the point, isn't it? It's like you've got to plant according to the conditions. Yeah, I've, I've said this many a time, Ian, and it's very important. Always plant to the weather conditions and not by the calendar. Because you'd look at the seed pack or anywhere else or any pundit saying plant this in April or May. If it's not fit to be planted, then leave it. And don't forget, as I've said many a time, plants have this knack of catching up. So don't worry about it because you're a little bit later. They will catch up. They will not be left behind. Trust me. Yeah, and you've got a March reminder for us to finish off with. Yeah, now a timely reminder because this is important to me is uh, after the Christmas festivities and the long winter months, mussels will be—they'll all become flaccid. Are you back to back to the Viagra again? Are you? You're back to the Viagra, <laughs> and your fitness levels could be pretty low. So don't sally forth on, into the garden thinking you can start off where you left off last year. Start off slowly, doing the lighter jobs first, wear loose clothing and make sure your tetanus is up to date. The garden can appear to be a tranquil place, but there is hidden dangers. So work safe and enjoy your gardening. Well, well, thank you very much uh, for giving us lots of information for March. Before we uh, find out about your website, why have you got such a big problem with dibbers? What are dibbers and why do you hate them so much? Dibbers, the, uh, the, the short, like the top, if you imagine a spade and you cut it off about a foot down and put a point on it, that's a dibber. So you shove it into the ground and what happens, as you shove it into the ground, instead of making a hole, it just compresses the size tight. So it's forced the soil out. So your plant can't penetrate that, or at least has difficulties in penetrating it. And it's also got a point on it. So the hole is wrong shape. It goes tapered off to a point. And you put a bulb in, you've got this airlock underneath. It's not gone down to the bottom. So you've got this double whammer. They are a terrible tool. Don't use them. It, it's, it's a throwback to when, before we had uh, garden centres and that, and got this information off your media, it's a throwback to the nursery days where the nurserymen used dibbers to save money and they actually fitted to a machine and it rolled and as the wheels rolled round it made these holes and it was just purely to save time. Rob Foster is basically the chairman of the PAD, People Against Dibbers, and yeah. uh, <laughs> don't use the dibber. Uh, right, so if people want to find out more about you, where do they need to go? Yes, they can uh, contact me via the website if they want some more information or want anything enlarging on, just let me know. And there was a bit of a queue there when I said that, you should have come in. <laughs> <laughs> and that was done quite innocently but contact me or buy my website www.thelazygardener.org and I will try and help you out if you have any problems or give you some guidance oh thank goodness it's March eh yes so much nicer much so. now yes we're, we're nearly there Ian the Lazy Gardener Podcast go well in the garden go well in life <laughs>